Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Are You a Fan? If you like the episode, give us a like, comment, share, and you know what? Why don't you show some of your friends what we're about? Okay, so question for the audience and my co-host this week. If you could get exponentially stronger and more powerful, but you had to come near death every time, would you? Honestly, as a millennial, that's just a tease. So, no, I, I don't think I'd want... I, yes, I want to, but at the same time, just to constantly being teased with death, I don't know if I want that. Given my track record of almost coming close to death and the stupid stunts I've pulled, I'd be a god right now. Yeah, I'm taking that power. I should already be I should already be flying around zapping people. Okay, so that brings us into this week's character, Son Goku from the Dragon Ball universe. So let's get into real world history. Son Goku is a fictional character and the main protagonist of the Dragon Ball manga series created by Akira Toriyama. He is based on Son Wukong, known as Son Goku in Japan, Japan, and the Monkey King in the West. The main character of the classic Chinese novel Journey to the West, 16th century. Combined with influences from the Hong Kong martial arts films of Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee. And yeah, if you watch the series, you can see some of the influences. Oh, just, just knowing Goku and seeing the series and just everything that's come out of it, you can see all of the influences right there. Completely. <laughs> so Goku would first make his debut in the first Dragon Ball chapter, Bulma and Son Goku, originally published in Japan's weekly Shonen Jump magazine in December 3rd of 1984. So decently old character, not the oldest we've done, but like also slightly older than I thought he was. Yeah, like I know him from the the anime series, but that came out roughly, I want to say, around our time of being born, our early childhood. I'd say uh, the Dragon Ball Z series probably came out in the two thousands and that, but Dragon Ball definitely like mid nineties at least. Yeah, I was like so I didn't, I figured he was that old. Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't think about you know the manga is probably older than the show, which fair. <laughs> Okay, so due to the series' international popularity, Goku became one of the most recognizable and iconic manga-slash-anime characters worldwide. Which, yeah, no, like, even my mom knows who Goku is. He's very similar to, like, when we did the Luke Skywalker episode. You don't have to know anything about Dragon Ball, but you know Goku. Yeah, you know who that is. He is that well-known that you don't have to know anything about anime or the show, but you see him, you know who, who everybody's talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, outside the Dragon Ball franchise, Goku's made cameo appearances in Toriyama's self-parody series, Nico Majin Z. I'm sure I probably butchered that. Uh, and has been subject of other parodies and has appeared in special events. Yep. Uh, yeah, huge parody character in that. He's because, all over the place. Oh, completely. So, most Western audiences were introduced to the adult version of Goku appearing in the Dragon Ball Z anime. It's uh, itself an adaptation of Dragon Ball manga volume 17 through 42, as opposed to his initial child form due to the limited success of the first series overseas, which it blows my mind that Dragon Ball was considered a like not that big of a success considering how many episodes there are. Well, but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean anything on success wise. True. Because they could have already had all that shot and ready to go before they even knew it was going to be a success. Ah, that's fair. That's valid. Which is probably what happened, to be honest. 
They're like, they're like, we wanted to cancel it, but we already had like 150 episodes to go, so we figured throw it out there. Right. <clears throat> so Goku and Dragon Ball in general would evolve from one of Ak- Akira Toriyama's earlier one-shot series called Dragon Boy. In this story, the protagonist looked a lot like Goku, but had a pair of wings. Which What's weird. It? Weird yeah. choice. <laughs> I mean, but it also kind of makes sense where they, they kind of went with the flying thing. Actually, They just yeah. kind of removed the wings out of it. Which, honestly, I think was probably a solid choice. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the wings would have been too much. But at least, you know, that made sense with the name of that title, though. True. Yeah, ma- makes sense for the name of that series. Uh, so, Toriyama said he had a young Jackie Chan in mind for a live-action Goku, stating that nobody could play Goku but him. Oh, but <laughs> America Cinema would attempt to... Uh, would attempt to do it anyway. Yeah, we don't talk about that. <laughs> I've never seen it. And I still don't talk about it. <laughs> I never saw it either. Uh, I've seen clips. Not great. <laughs> the uh, everything wrong was way more than enough for me. Yeah, same. So Bulma and Goku were the first pair of characters which were introduced in the manga, and Toriyama stated that he subsequently introduced other characters in pairs because quote that way I'm able to explain the characters and their relationships to each other through their interactions. In my case, I feel that it wasn't good to insert too much narration. I suppose Goku and Bulma are representative of that. He further added that, as a child, Goku doesn't know anything of the world, so without Bulma, he would be a character who didn't say anything. He'd be like those 90s cartoon or uh, video game characters. Yeah! That is a silent protagonist. <laughs> yep. Which, honestly, that's kind of brilliant to avoid just plot dumping. Oh, yeah, it really is. Especially with Goku and Bulma, have a character that literally doesn't understand how the world works. Right. So you have a character explaining, like, world building without actually just dumping. Exactly. That was an amazing way to have done it. According to Ariyama, Goku is more of a selfish person than a hero, as his main interest in the story is to fight strong opponents rather than protect the innocent. As a result, Toriyama was angered when the anime adaptation of Dragon Ball started portraying Goku as more heroic than his manga counterpart. And I've said that, like, that's always been a big thing about even us Goku fans. We, we all can admit, we're like, no, 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 he's selfish. Oh, yeah. He's he, he not a hero. Care. He doesn't care about the world. Yeah, he's no hero. Because I mean, if he cared about the world, he'd also probably take his fight somewhere else that couldn't potentially destroy the world. Exactly. So Toriyama designed Goku as a human boy with a monkey's tail, rather than a complete uh, simian, because the tail would give the character a distinguished feature, though he later stated that the tail is a pain to draw, hence why he had to get cut off early on. Which is a fun little, like, side note fact, and Toriyama, like, in, like, the art universe and, like, like, like uh, story universe, where he is a master of cutting corners, Without it seeming like they're just they just gave up and made and did worse drawings. Like he's oh, a did. master of putting it in the plot. To he, cut he does that a lot as we talk about continue to talk about. And like he's just amazing at that. This guy's amazing story building and just being able to get things like like especially even the world building aspect. So let's continue on. Uh, Toriyama did not initially plan to make Goku an alien. It was not until the introduction of fighters from other planets that he established him as a saiyan which you know not hard to establish uh, especially with his uh, origin stories that we'll get into in, in oh universe. yeah and so goku would be given the ability to teleport to any planet in seconds so that toriyama could increase the pace of the story another again f- just another example of him being a great writer is like let's cut this corner so we can just speed this along which beautiful 
Beautiful. So, wanting the series to have a Chinese appearance, Toriyama used the colors of, of the robes worn by Buddhist monks for Goku's uh, doji. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. My apologies. And that, but like, yeah, no, that does get like that was a cool callback. And that, like, so many this character had so many real world inspirations. To oh, create yeah. Him. So Toriyama had given him a simple, uh, given him simple clothes on purpose because you know it was a fighting manga. So to combat this, he had added several characters like Master Roshi and Krillin, and created the. Do you have any idea how to pronounce that? Tenkachi, Ken, uh, Tenkachi Budokai. We're gonna go with that because you have better chance than I do. <laughs> uh, so he created that to focus the storytelling on fighting. Which yeah, once again, like God dang, like, like he knows what he's, what kind of story he's creating. He wants to focus on it. Oh yeah, and honestly, doing the research on like this real world and like the writer, I'm like, man, this guy's, this guy, I gotta start taking cues for, like from, and that was some, writing some of my things. Right, this guy's amazing. Oh yeah. So to defy the assumption that Goku would win the tournament, Ter- uh, Toriyama made him lose the first and second, but win the third. Which kind of a, that's kind of a solid plot. Um, I feel I feel like they went a little too far with that with uh, with Ash Ketchum. <laughs> I, I was saying somebody saw the idea and just never really finished the. He's gonna win eventually, <laughs> right? Until twenty years later. <laughs> twenty years, I I rotted in that prison. <laughs> okay. So Toriyama's editor was initially uh, against having Goku grow up, saying it was uncommon to have the protagonist drastically change in the manga. However, he gave in when Toriyama threatened that he would not be able to continue the series if the character did not. Toriyama later stated that he had him grow up as a means to make drawing the fight scenes easier. Which that would make drawing the fight scenes not only easier than that, but add more scale and... Oh, yeah. But I do love, just in that paragraph, just how often Toriyama's like, no, this is what we're doing. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Which blows my mind, because you, you hear about so many of these writers and creators and that being pigeonholed and, like, forced to do something, Tori. I'm just right. like, I'm not bendy on this. You can, like, you're doing it this way. You're not doing it at all. Yeah. Like, I will walk. And they're like, guys, I think he might walk. <laughs> so during the Frieza arc, he felt the only way to show Goku's massive power-up was to have him transform. Which... In any in any format that like that's always a good way to show a power up of a character. Oh yeah. And initially, uh, he was concerned that the facial expressions looked like that of a villain, but he felt it was acceptable since his transformation was brought out by anger, which which is fair. Yeah, it makes sense. And it completely worked. And that none of us none of us thought he, he was turned villain. We're just like, man, he angry. <laughs> oh yeah. So the Super Saiyan form also spared the trouble of coloring Goku's hair all the time for the standard black and white manga pages. This was the reason for the Super Saiyan form having blonde hair, because it was easier to draw for Toriyama's uh, assistant, who who had spent a lot of time blackening Goku's hair. Another beautiful way of cutting a corner without us (laughs) knowing. If I remember correctly hearing about that, like years ago, I was like that was the whole reason they did the transformation and the Super Saiyan was just so they could cut out some of that hair coloring. And I can believe it because that cuts down on like production time. Oh and yeah, like like we keep saying, this guy's the master of cutting corners, but making it still relevant to the story. Yeah, but still making it work. So for Dragon Ball Z anim- anime adaptation, character designer Todayashi Yamamaro 
uh, also used Bruce Lee as a reference, stating that when he, quote, first became a Super Saiyan, his slanting pose with that scowling look in his eyes is all Bruce Lee. Which, Which honestly, anybody, if you've ever watched a Bruce Lee film in that, that whole, like, like snake count pose he does in that. Oh, yeah. Completely, yeah. As soon as I read that, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, that is Bruce Lee. Okay, so let's go into cultural impact. So Jackie Chan has gone on record stating that Goku is his favorite Dragon Ball character. That's kind of cool. Oh, heck yeah. Especially somebody that, you know, you were part of the inspiration for said character. It's kind of cool that that's your favorite. Oh, amazing. I love that. Now, the German rock band Sun Goku takes their name from the Dragon Ball protagonist. The band's lead singer, Thomas D., chooses the name or chose the name because Goku embodies the band's philosophy, saying he was fascinated by Go- Goku's naive nature and cheerfulness, yet at the same time a great warrior saving the world. It's kind of cool that he's like the band literally uses his name. I, I do like that. And like it's the full name too. It's not just the, the short Goku, right? So CN, uh, CNN released an article explaining how Goku was Spanish professional tennis player Rafael Nettles uh, childhood inspiration and called Nettle the Dragon Ball of tennis due to his unorthodox style from another planet. Which, that's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Oh, man. Like, this guy inspired a lot of people. It's amazing how many thing, how many people he did inspire. Because <laughs> uh, the One Piece creator, uh, creator Ichiro Oda? Ichiro Oda, I believe. Okay. We're going to go with that. And the Naruto creator... Masashi Kishimo- Kishimoto. What he said <laughs> uh, said that Goku also inspired their protagonists as well as the series structure, uh, with Tekken's Lars Ander- uh, Alexanderson also showing traits of a hero through the design of inspired by Goku alongside Marvel Comics Thor. Like this, this character is just inspiring everyone, right? <laughs> like that, that is amazing. Uh, in his book about Akira Toriyama, published in 2004, Julius Wiedemann said Goku's journey and ever-growing strength resulted in the characters winning the admiration of young boys everywhere. Jason Thompson stated that unlike the manly heroes of other popular shonen manga of the late 80s, the early 90s, such as City Hunter and The Fist of the North Star, you're already dead. <laughs> Uh, Toriyama made his protagonist Goku cartoonish, small, thus starting a trend that Thompson says continues to this day, and very much does. It, it really does. It has had a very long-lasting effect on on everything. I also think the goofiness of the character really helps too. Oh yeah, and then you got Team Four Star who just took that to a whole nother level. <laughs> right. Oh man, kudos Team Four Star, kudos. Honestly, anymore I couldn't tell you what Goku's really like. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I I've tried watching the original one. I'm like I just keep see, I just keep hearing uh, Team Four Star quotes in my head. Yeah, that's honestly that and the filler is why I can't go back to the original anymore. Oh filler. <laughs> uh, so in t- 2015, the uh, Japan Anniversary Association officially declared May 9th as Goku Day. Goku is the first manga character to have a balloon at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with his first appearance at 2018 Parade. That's so awesome! It really is. It really shows his impact on culture that he made it to kind of what is like the biggest parade in, in the U.S. Oh, completely. <laughs> Goku has appeared in 
innumerable innumerable top character lists. He was ranked number one in IGN's 2009 list of top 25 anime characters of all time. And I did... That, that also really doesn't surprise me. Yep, and I did actually re... Uh, when I was do- researching that, I didn't feel like putting it in here in that because uh, it was a huge paragraph. But basically they talk about... Multiple times when they don't put him as number one, it's literally just because they're like, he's going to be on the list. Like, he's that regular. He's in we, there somewhere. We got to give, like, other characters, like, a top spot, at least for this year. Yeah, and that makes sense. Yeah, so I'm like, that's kind of cool, though, to just tell they're like, they're like, technically, he should technically just be first on the list every year. But I mean, basically, that's what they said. It's like, he's going to, he's number one officially, <laughs> but we're going to give everybody else kind of this cookie here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in uh, Mania Entertainment's 10 Most Iconic Anime Heroes, Thomas Zoth commented that Goku and Dragon Ball completely revolutionized shonen ma- uh, manga, which it really did. Yeah. It, it also just kind of revolutionized even just Americanized animes. Oh, completely. Like, before that, we had like, uh, we didn't have much before that. and we this, really didn't. This one really blew, like really, I think, set the culture of Blaze in America. Yeah. And so yeah, no, amazing real amazing character, huge impact on society. Um let's get into in universe now. So Much shorter. So, <laughs> so so what I like about the in universe, let me say this before we get going, is it is concise. Unlike Marvel or DC, I'm not worried about finding different like fifty different timelines and trying to figure out like wait, which one's the right the correct correct right. one? <laughs> So, Son Goku was born on the planet Vegeta to the name Kakarot. And three years after his birth, his parents sent him away from planet Vegeta to planet Earth due to his father's suspicion of Frieza the evil emperor. Which was not a bad suspicion. Yeah, no, not at all. (laughs) So, sometime later, the young Kakarot was found at uh, Mount Peos by elderly man known as Son Gohan. And he named the Saiyan Son Goku because he fell from the sky. Very similar to, yeah, the Monkey King. Yeah, which is fair. Uh, When he was first found, he uh, he was a complete terror and didn't change until one day he hit his head. Yeah, he was like, he would like, like, was trying to destroy everything and that. And then, like, one day he fell off something, hit his head on a rock. Totally changed his personality. I love that. (laughs) Right? Unfortunately, he would end up being responsible for his adopted dad's death when one night he looked at the full moon and turned into a giant ape. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, they can turn into these giant apes if they see a moon. But unfortunately, they're generally trained on how to still keep their consciousness during yep. it. But a baby, pro- he, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. Exactly. And so years later, at the age of 12, Goku was visited by a young girl named Bulba, uh, Bulma, uh, who was in search of the Dragon Balls. So the two went on an adventure to retrieve the seven magical balls of the granite wish from the dragon known as Shenron. Every time I hear Shenron, I just think of the uh, gas station. <laughs> Shemrock. I, I don't know. I know they're fairly different, but just like a, also they have a great dinosaur. It's, that, that's not Shamrock. I thought Shamrock was the green dinosaur one. Not someone else, but continue. Okay, anyway. Uh, they encountered the desert bandit Yamcha and two shapeshifters named Olong and Puar, who also joined their quest. Like like he said, introducing characters and sets. Yamcha got Yamcha. 
I still love like at the time when they first meet Yamcha, he's so prolific in the story at the time. Like he's this major desert mysterious bandit. And then they just they're like, you know what, we're not we're not gonna continue with that. I, I do like that. <laughs> right. So Goku is later trained by the martial arts master, Master Roshi, uh, alongside a monk named Krillin, who later became his best friend. It is Roshi who gives Goku the magical cloud. Do you know what that is? Kintown. Uh, Kintown? I know it's known as Nimbus. Uh, uh, it's technically, uh, most people just say Nimbus. We're going to go with that. <laughs> so I'll give him the magic cloud Nimbus as a reward for saving his pet sea turtle, which becomes Goku's primary source of flight and travel across the world. Which, I mean, uh, makes sense, because in the story when he gives it to him, it's also because Roshi can't, can no longer use it because it only allows the pure of heart to use it. And Roshi tries stepping on it and just immediately falls through. <laughs> That's fair. So Goku's first shown uh, martial arts attack as a child is Jin Ken. Three physical blows modeled after the hand signs in rock, paper, scissors. As a child, he also wields the uh, Neo Bow. A Neoe Bow, a magic staff that extends and retracts on command given to him by his late grandfather. However, Goku's signature attack is the Kamehameha, which he learns from Master Roshi. Well, that, that's up there with Goku. Like, that is the best known move in, like, all of Dragon Ball. Oh, completely. Like, if you know Dragon Ball, you know Kamehameha. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, there's two major, like, fighting blasts known. Kamehameha and uh, Hudouken. <laughs> Those are the only two. Yeah, pretty much. And they both have a similar <laughs> stance of... Huh. Which one came first? Yeah. Now I'm, <laughs> huh. now I bet you the other one's based on the other. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> We're going to have to figure that out someday. So after training with the Earth's guardian, uh, Kami. Oh, so he calls himself God. <laughs> uh, Goku learns to fly by virtue of the technique Buku Jutsu. And uses the Nimbus Cloud less frequently for flight travel. Which, yeah, once you learn how to fly in that... Why do you need a cloud? Exactly. I mean, besides just to look cool. I mean, it does look cool. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> so while participating in the World Martial Arts Tournament that attracts the most powerful fighters in the world, Goku's battles foes later turned allies such as uh, Tien and Chaozu, as well as the Namekian Piccolo. Which, fun fact, in the first tournament he uh, competes in, it's actually Roshi wearing a wig that beats him in the final battle. Reason is, he beats him down and defeats him because he wants Goku to keep wanting to pursue and train. And, that, and, knowing and that's that there's, fair, that makes sense. Yeah, he didn't want him to just like win and be like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. So, after becoming the runner-up champion of the, uh, of the 21st and 22nd tournament, Goku finally wins the 23rd with Piccolo's defeat and uh, marries Chi-Chi soon after to fulfill a promise he made to her years ago, despite not knowing what marriage was. Yeah, this guy is like real backwoods, I've, doesn't know I what's happening. I feel like she may have uh, trapped him in that. <laughs> but I feel like that, that marriage could probably be null and void since he didn't know what a marriage was. Probably. And, and that was definitely some entrapment right there. <laughs> but he, he's, he does like her. He does love her. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good in the scheme of things, but yeah, no, there is some messed up stuff going on right oh, there. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I think the second tournament he lost that one to uh, Tenzin. If I remember correctly. Poor Goku. Right. <laughs> so five years later, Goku would meet his evil older brother Raditz and learn about his heritage. Uh, Goku comes from a race of now nearly extinct extraterrestrials called Saiyans, himself having been sent from their home planet to prepare Earth for sale on the intergalactic market by destroying all its life. That was a real swap around from what they said his dad sent him away for. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, yeah, no. I think that's why his dad put him on the list to be sent out like that. But also, it's one of those, it's like, I feel like the people sending out the warriors to do that plan, it's like, a baby. Is anybody, is anybody going to stop this? Right. Like, you know what? It's on, the, it's on the clipboard. We're sending it out. Like, he can become a monkey. He'll be fine. <laughs> right. Uh, so that, uh, th we're going to kind of stop there because that is his origins leading up to this. Also, you know, little tidbits, he did destroy the Red Ribbon Army and just, yeah, he got, he, he's done a lot. He's done a lot. If we went into every detail of this story, we'd be here all day. I mean, heck, as a child, he sent a rabbit to the moon. <laughs> that is actually in an episode. A humanoid wow, okay. rabbit he sent to Wait. the moon. That wasn't just a joke Piccolo made. A, a humanoid rabbit like the like the god? No, like the dog like the dog president. Oh god. Yeah, cuz you know they have like animal hybrid like human hybrids. That's right, yeah. Yeah, there was a this rabbit gangster that was like trying to run a town for money and he sent them to the moon to, you know, until they were until they settled down and were nice. <laughs> well, that's, that is serious parent putting your kid in the corner kind of stuff right there. Right? Like so yeah, no no. The guys had a crazy life. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that uh, there we go. Let's get into his powers and abilities. Okay, so first on the list, we got Jenkin, which is the rock, paper, scissors style technique, which, yeah. <laughs> we also have the Kamehameha, and with the Kamehameha, there's also like a billion different variations that go oh, into yeah. that. So... <laughs> We are not going to list all those. All you got to know is it can get OP and have different effects. Fi uh, yeah, like the final Kamehameha. <laughs> uh, we also have the Kyokin, literally meaning mad dog. We have the uh, Sarukin, and that literally meaning monkey fist. We have the Hasukin, li uh, literally meaning eight-handed fist. The Kenzin, literally meaning spirit circle cut. The Teokin, literally meaning sun fist. The Ginkidama, literally meaning spirit energy ball. Oh, that's, I think, the one where he absorbs, like, all the energy from the life around him. That makes sense. <laughs> that. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, that also has a few variations that he can do with it, because he can also absorb it into himself to make him stronger. That's actually pretty cool. Right? Uh, the... Uh, Kaioken, Goku has the ability to multiply his power. It is first used in the battle against Vegeta. Kaioken, no. Times, no. Uh, oh God, I. We should not. As as fu much fun as that series is to watch, we should not have watched that before. This. We really should not have. Uh, Team Four Star, I blame you for this. So, uh, yeah, he also has, uh, yeah, the Kaioken goes up. Oh, my God. The Kaioken goes up to Kaioken times 20. 
and has a Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan Kaioken. (laughs) Wow, that's a lot of (laughs) of words in that one. He also has telepathy. Uh, He also has the uh, Kiahu, and that literally meaning yell cannon. Which actually is a surprising amount of characters have, like, mouth beams. That really is. Piccolo does it at one point randomly, like... Uh, as long as it doesn't take five minutes to charge. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, uh, sh- uh, Shinkan... Uh, do, And that literally meaning teleportation. So, yeah, yep, the teleportation that we taught his career, which he didn't really give him until after the Frieza saga, which I think that's why... So he could sw- swap to different planets to speed things up. Because when you start going planetary, it's like... Oh, yeah. We can't waste filler episodes on just space travel. Yep. And that he also has the uh, Dragon Smash. And that an attack with a uh, key in the form of infusing with the user's energy to rush and attack his opponent. Goku first used the attack against the God of Destruction, Bar- Barros. Which I think he learned that from the literal Dragon Ball Dragon. Makes sense. Which, dang. <laughs> uh, the hake, literally meaning destruction. Wow. That, okay. <laughs> Goku holds his wrists with his left hand and his right hand, reduces his opponents to dust in his first used against Potara Zumasu. It's one of those, like, you hear that, it's like, why don't you just start with that every time? Because it's Goku. He wants to fight the strongest fighters. You're not wrong. Like we said, he, Goku is no real hero. No, not at all. Okay, he also has transformations. The uh, Ozaru, which is the giant ape. Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan second grade, Super Saiyan third grade. And that, get past that elementary. Uh, Super Saiyan full power and Super Saiyan 2. Super Saiyan 3, Super Saiyan God. There are a lot of Super Saiyans throughout the series. Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. <laughs> oh my God, there's so much. Ultra. Oh yeah, he also has the. He learns the Ultra Instinct ability, which basically just allows him to dodge uncanny things. It's uncanny dodge. Anybody who plays D and D, you'll get that reference. Nice. Now Ultra Instinct is uncanny dodge, but you get a punch back. <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, that's his power set and abilities and skills definitely a lot yeah and i will say i as much as people like to make fun of him for being like kind of dumb as far as like martial arts and fighting ability though the guy's like super genius uh, that's about the only time yeah, yeah. No, no no i'm not i'm not i'm not saying anything in that but you know fish climbing a tree type thing okay so that that's what we got there for powers and abilities and so didn't really put in a other media section because especially in the West, he's in pretty much all the Dragon Ball games. Yep. And in Japan and in and in the East, he's in way too much to try to list down. Like he is kind of a giant spokesperson, basically. Like he is on everything, in everything. He's been like, in, and he's also been in like he's been in probably I think ninety nine percent of the Dragon Ball Z or the Dragon Ball movies and that I think the yeah, only he's one, been in just about it. If it's Dragon Ball, you can almost guarantee he's in it. Yeah, I think the only movie I don't think he really appeared in was the one weird movie where they did a time, like a time back thing where his dad was actually the original suit. It was a weird movie. 
sounds like it. Yeah. But yeah, it was just one of those, like, this list is way too big. I'm not going to spend an hour making it. Fair. But uh, some a recommendation, I personally think that uh, if I was going to recommend anything, I highly recommend go watch the original Dragon Ball. It's a great series, and what I loved about it was is um, unlike a lot of animes nowadays, no re- like very few filler episodes. Most filler episodes are to introduce a character that is gonna be a key character later. There's very yeah, few filler arcs, which is a rare thing for shonen anime. Oh, definitely. It's also why I kind of actually preferred when I went to rewatch. I prefer it over Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> which makes sense because yeah. If- if you have spent are you spending more time watching action instead of waiting for action, like three episodes of him charging up an attack? Yeah. Plus, like, yeah, it's not episodes of him charging up an attack. If it's a filler episode, it's a whole condensed story and things happen. That's uh, so much better. <laughs> so you know what? Let's uh end this episode like we do every week. What do you think, Joker? You a fan? Oh definitely. You know, grew up with him, always gonna be a fan. Heck yeah. I'm I've always been a fan, and yep. I ain't gonna stop being a fan. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, a comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.